I guess we'll just kind of lead into the episode. I'll 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 play this for listeners, right? We've cool. we're, we got a great episode coming with Byron, but we don't mention anything on Field Guide, so I wanted to run the yeah. update. Breaking news. Byron switched was traded. <laughs> Byron's no longer at Byron has been traded mid-season. That's right. Right trade. before Wouldn't the trade keeper, deadline. I know, right before the trade deadline. What did Botkeeper get for that trade? LeByron James. It, it. <laughs> oh man, we could go all day with the basketball analogies. I'm, uh, all I'm day a big long. like right now my basketball's on my mind. Carolina's about to yep. play fucking Duke. Okay. So do you know who Eric Church is? Are you a country guy at all? Uh, I know who he is. Okay. All right. It, so he just canceled a tour date because he's a Tar Heel and yes. he wants to now watch I like the game. Derek Church. Fuck <laughs> yes. That is awesome. Oh, I love to hear that. I knew you'd appreciate that. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. This My life has been leading up to this game, right? Like I've been a Carolina fan since I was, since the early yeah. 90s when I moved down here. Michael Jordan and everything. And then so I went yep. to Carolina. I still bleed Carolina blue. Carolina nice. is playing Duke and Coach K's final game ever. By the time it's this sad. is released, we will know that Carolina beat Duke and is playing in the final Wait. championship game for the Wait. third time in six years. Are, are you going to predict the score of the Carolina uh, Duke game? I would say 80 78. Oh, Ooh. Carolina. Um, yeah. Carolina, it'll be close, but then there'll be some free throws at the end, and um, yeah, Carolina will pull away. It. There's always a chance one of them can come back in the last two minutes. This is this is you never know. You never know. Uh, when it's tournament watch, basketball, it can go anywhere. Sorry, we digress. Though um, we could talk sports, we could talk music, but let's talk um, accounting. You know, it, it's not all just about the accounting. The way we think about accounting in the next decade is going to dynamically change. In a sense, accounting as we know it today, I think will effectively go away in some manner. Dude, I like this. Let's get this thing going. Let's get this thing going, Scott. Do your crazy intro that you read that you can't, that we have to read in person every time. Do we have to? We have to. necessarily have to. Hello and welcome. <laughs> you know I want to anyway. Like I say, we don't have to, but I want to. Hello and welcome. We are all the sons of CPAs. Join us as we question the current state of the accounting and tax industry with the next generation of professionals leading the space. We are the change agents in an industry fraught with money and inertia. Let's begin Sons of CPAs with your hosts today, Jason Ackerman and Scott Scarano. like you've done that once or twice yeah we don't build anything in for the guest so we'll we'll workshop that i I usually do i it's a sleight of hand right that today i can say sons of cpas i don't have to say sons and daughters i can you know more or less put emphasis on certain (laughs) words like the next generation of professionals leading the space and the change like this is what byron is right like this describes him so i'm talking about the guest the entire intro Boom. Beautiful. Byron Patrick. Patrick. Wow. You're like the Matthew McConaughey. You know what I love about his name? (laughs) Two two first names. So I can can spell it and like say it first time. (laughs) I did that just for you, Jason. No problems. (laughs) I have have lots of issues with names. So this is great. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's awesome. McConaughey. M- McConaughey. McConaughey. Wow. Hey. Myron McConaughey. We'll, we'll all right, go with one right. first name. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right you got that laid back right. attitude, though. You got that, um, I appreciate that, that man. chill mode. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I had um, a sales call in between episodes today, and the person called me out for cursing. I don't know how I'm gonna. I don't know how I'm gonna marry that small-minded individuals without being mean. It's just people that can't justify spending any money on anything, and they want to. He, the reason he reached out to us is because he wants to know what to do with his extra hundred fifty thousand dollars that he made. This guy is not ready to spend any money at all. I told him our average fee is either between six seven hundred a month. He wants to spend two hundred a year or some stupid shit like that, and he's trying to justify it in his head. And then at the end, he's got to get on his high horse and say. I don't tend to prefer my professional relationships with any colorful language. And I said, no, well, you won't be working with me anyway. So <laughs> That's right. That's, yeah. You know what? There, there's somebody who you'll find who will give you your $200 a year of nothingness. And they also won't drop any F-bombs. You, you'll be uh, super happy. Small-minded individuals. Like, you know, you're never going to grow as a person or as a firm or as a company or in life. You know, that none of those things are going to happen. And if you're uncomfortable with colorful language, then shit, you better get a fucking life. Yeah. So where, where do we start today? This is going to be a good episode. I'm excited about this one. Um, well, tell I, us I how you got into go. the yeah. accounting profession. We were just talking that you started at Heim Lance. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I was one of those uh, fortunate souls that uh, was introduced to accounting in high school. I had cool ass accounting teacher we we played monopoly for two weeks and kept the books by hand and uh i was like man this is awesome i want to do this for the rest of my life and uh I, you know went from there and ultimately started with a small firm in annapolis maryland uh with carter heim and uh you know ultimately merged in lance and associates where tom and lance was a partner at and uh, I was there, you know, basically to launch my career, which was awesome because Carter was chair of the Maryland Association of CPAs when I joined. And he, he immediately pulled me into a life of uh, volunteerism with, within the profession, you know, met Tom Hood basically right out of the womb of accounting and, uh, yeah, you know, really embraced it from there. So it, it's, it's been a fun journey. And Maryland, for some reason, is all Maryland Association of CPAs is, is like, the progressive association. I, I, I mean, what other association has I love it. a Maryland flag CPA tattoo? It just doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that is, that's you're branded on that. Did you write first... that off? Did you write that <laughs> off? I had to capitalize it. <laughs> Can you? I like, I mean, it's, you know, that that's part of your personal brand. Like you're, and, and yeah. it's got the Maryland flag too. I, I love that. Like, I've never yeah. seen a CPA tattoo. That is, uh, there's there's not many of them. I, I I got a guy who specializes in them. He's right in Annapolis. If you're I'm gonna get Ackerman a chain that says CPA inside the the inside the well, Superman yeah. emblem. Yeah. And, that, and that's why Yours I, is the Superman that's emblem. Why I know. I, yeah. Like that's. But Ackerman's is gonna have to maybe say BNA then. Actually, I, I noticed that yours was the Superman one. That that yeah. was like. Yeah. As I'm saying it out loud, I realized that it was. Um, <laughs> so I'm just describing it for the listeners. Yeah, but why? Like, this is going to be a chain, though. It's not going to be a tattoo. Nice. No, nice. I'm, I'm Jewish. I can't have yeah, tattoos. Yeah, no, no, oh. no. That's all right. <laughs> and I'm scared of needles and blood. Other than <laughs> well, that, there's that. <laughs> but why that. do you think Maryland, is, the association, is so progressive? You, you know, I, I, 
you can't associate Maryland without Tom Hood. Um, I, I think Tom Hood as a leader within Maryland has been huge. And, and Tom always uses the expression, you know, standing on the shoulder of shoulders of giants. And, you know, Tom has assembled just an amazing association of, of talent, just a great team. And as a result, you know, you put a bunch of just really forward thinking, talented people in a room together and you create some exciting stuff. So as a result, we've attracted great volunteers, a lot of good professionals. I mean, I, I think every state has them. It's just a matter of whether or not you can get everybody into a room together and have people like Kimberly Ellison Taylor, who go on to become chair of the AICPA. You have coming in next year a new Meta, who will be the chair of the AICPA next year. By the way, both like right opposite sides of me as chairs of MACPA. So I am a super disappointment to the the state given all, all these uh, amazing you, you were the chair you're part of the culture though byron like <laughs> you were like i think you, you chair who like out of the culture yeah yeah you showed them how not to run it so they could <laughs> that's right that's right don't do it sometimes that you need does. that you're like you're like the donald trump you're would you say you're the donald trump of maryland <laughs> no no please, please no, no. <laughs> come please. on you don't want to take this down a downward spiral oh, now no, like man. not that earlier in the episode oh. <laughs> no it, it's it's a great state i'm very I proud to trump be a part of <laughs> but um that, you know it, it's just is it the proximity to dc like could that be a reason why why we're still talking about it like you no, know because virginia is not no one cares about the virginia cpa <laughs> there's some Wait, great people it, at the virginia so I, I have a question it, it is i was different. looking at our listener data yeah. and it, we got a big bump in virginia and it said washington virginia and i thought are they reclassifying dc is there really a washington virginia yeah, uh, there is that's where uh well we have a lot of listeners shout out to all of well, our listeners in washington virginia like the the inn at oh, Little Washington is there. Okay. Maybe it's a maybe famous three a Michelin star restaurant. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there was a, I have no idea. I just wanted to share that because it was an interesting shout out. fact. That's yeah. awesome. Shout, shout out, out to Washington, Virginia. We love you. We'll I'm sorry. I'm out. sorry. I dissed your entire state. <laughs> For some reason, the Maryland CPA, like it's whatever they call it, MACPA is, is like of all the different state societies is considered like the most forward thinking, like the ones that basically everyone else looks up to. And Byron was the chair. So I was, I mean, that's a, we, we, have, we have, ro relates, we have royalty yeah. here. We have royalty here. <laughs> I'm is what not I'm sure about that, but I appreciate so, it. So obviously you did something at Heim Lance and then you decided to go the IT route and kind of in accounting her. Yeah. You know, and I think that's kind of the, the, I guess, irony to my path to accounting. So I, I remember when I was evaluating my college path, I was like, do I do economics or do I do accounting? And ultimately I was like, ah, I'm going to do accounting because there's only one thing to do. Like I'm going to get my degree and I know what I'm going to do accounting. And then um, I went on to do more IT stuff. But when, when I was at Heim Lance, Carter being, you've met Carter, super progressive guy, very tech savvy, tech forward thinking. I mean, I started in 99. So this is literally like early days of really tech adoption within accounting firms. And he was investing a lot in the technology and 
me being this guy out of college who kind of understood how to right click with computers all of a sudden became the the go-to guy in the office to help with technology issues and things like that so i learned a hell of a lot while i was working with carter and it ultimately led me to a path of where like do i stick around and do this public accounting thing or do i find another way to blend my accounting path with the technology path so after i left there somewhat due to my struggle of trying to figure out that path I landed at a large firm, large regional firm in Baltimore where I became IT director. And that's really where it really evolved into a technology career. You've got an interesting story about how you were interviewing or filtering candidates. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were kicking that around. It's kind of funny. Great minds, I guess. Um, I, mm. So for almost a decade, I owned an IT company. And, you know, we, we were a small startup, so I was doing a lot of the hiring and my, my approach, this was probably 2000, oh gosh, 10, maybe I would run a ad on LinkedIn or wherever that basically directed people to a Google voice number. So they couldn't submit a resume or anything. They had to call a number in order to submit. And that Google voice message basically asked them a few questions and they had to respond. It basically said like, you know, you can hang up and call back as many times as you want, but you get one chance to leave your answers and include your name and email address. And if we're interested, we will supply you instructions for submitting your resume. And that was kind of the gateway, which was fantastic because for one, you could figure out if people could actually answer the questions that you asked. Because as you know, a lot of people like to not answer questions that you actually ask. Mm -hmm. Two, you know, you could actually get some some interesting things. In fact, Scott, I think that's where we we were also talking about the questions. And one of the questions well, Yeah, what I've were the doing questions? This, what were I've the been questions? doing this for the better part of a decade too, and we had the same reasons for doing it. Like we <laughs> So his, your questions were, were kind of silly like mine too, but it doesn't, it's not the question, it's yeah. the person answering it and it's everything else. It's them following the details yeah. of actually doing that without, you know, and then they're asking later, you know, have you listened to my resume? Well, did you leave the voicemail? You shouldn't even have to ask that. And these, these are things that you can filter out right. the good from the great, right? Like some people might look good on paper, yeah. but you hear a great voicemail and then you look at it on paper, like that's that's a home run uh, almost from the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, some of the questions. So what, one of what our were questions, questions were very similar. Our, yeah. What was yours? Yeah. That was similar. So I, I had a question, what type of cell phone do you have and why? And, or smartphone and why? And it, it, it had nothing to do. You could have iPhone. You could have had like, you know, a Blackberry at that point in time. I didn't care what it was. I just cared the why. Like, why did you choose that phone? The second question that I always had was that basically to, to sell yourself as to why you would be a great candidate for simplified innovations. That was the name of the company. And I was really hoping to hear that they actually did research about the company and like actually somehow sewed their, their you know, background into why they would fit within simplified. So that, that was kind of the two core questions and then the third was that really just their their name and email address and a lot of that came down to whether or not they were good at giving the details because if i couldn't understand their email address guess what they mm -hmm. weren't getting the email 
And it mattered because there's, you know, it, it, even when I started it, they're talking to clients yep. and they're, you want to see how they come across in a candid way. Right. And in some cases, I mean, I asked the same question, but I, I, it's still on our voicemail now. It's iOS or Android and why, and I want to hear the why, but honestly, I am asking it to make sure that they do say Apple because if they don't, forget it. Like, I'm not even going to bother. Such an Everybody I've hired has said Apple and there's enough good candidates that say it that I can be biased if I want. <laughs> I'm the one who's making the decision anyway. But I, honestly, that's not how we do it because somebody did, but I, I make the jokes. It's oh, We have a closed system though. Like in yeah. the, your IT background and the firm lends itself to having more of an open system because yep. a lot of I, you know, a lot of people want to be able to manipulate that um, system, whatever they're on. And for me, I do want a closed system. I want people to get with the program here, you know, <laughs> like be under that one bubble. And that's the bubble we chose that's is right. Apple and Zero and that's some of these others. So. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely cool. fair. But it's, and that's not even like, there's so many other benefits to that. A lot of people, like we just had released an episode with Scott Scharf. And they did all of their interviews through like they use spark hire and different things like that. And those, you know, a lot of it's video yep. and people are submitting different things and reviewing people on video now, because that's, what's important. It's not as much phone calls. It's going to be, how do you interact with clients on a screen too? So yep. you want to be able to filter that out. No question. Um, you're, you're an influence in the industry too. I hear your name come up a lot. I, I see, a lot of like, you know, you've got a ton of followers on Twitter and like everybody knows who Byron is, right? Did you set out to do this or did it just happen? No, I I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I I don't think of myself that way. I, I you know, but it's all perspective. It, right? and it's it all is. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm just over two decades in, in the industry. So over 20 years, you you tend to build a large network. You You meet a lot of people. I mean, you know, being kind of an industry rat, as I refer to myself, like if you're always hanging out in the hallways, you tend to, to meet a lot of people and create a lot of relationships. Um, I Twitter, my God, I, I, my Twitter account, I think I started like the first year that Twitter was created. So it, it's probably oh, wow. like 15 years old. Um, so, so eventually you, you get a lot of followers, you know, like uh, things just happen, but uh, it's, I don't know. I, I consider myself very fortunate. I've built a lot of just amazing friendships and, and uh, great relationships. And I, I think great people tend to just gravitate together. And that's, uh, I, I happen to know a lot of great people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, it's, and like you said, like people gravitate together in different ways too, right? Like you'll yeah. meet somebody like, Oh, I didn't know you knew this one or this person. And and then it turns into the great minds think alike type thing too. If you find your community and put up your flag of, you know, this is, you put up your Maryland flag. CPA on it. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. Say something nice about me. I had nothing to say about you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it to be about you, right? It's got to be about the guest. Yeah. I, I, Jason, Jason keeps the... very challenging, but you're also a crab apple. That's why we have I'm a dad mind. now. So that's what. I'm just provides the I'm wearing cargo shorts and long socks and just angry. That's I want to know simplified innovations. What type of IT support did you do? Yeah, so we were uh, basically a subscription IT department. So we we worked directly with accounting firms. In fact, Heimlands was one of my clients at, at one point. So we basically handled. We had a cloud network that we built 
four accounting firms. So it was a full Citrix-based network. Um, we were actually innovative partners of the year for Citrix one year, um, just our little small company, because uh, they couldn't believe that we were hosting the volume of applications on in a single Citrix environment that we were hosting. They didn't see that in any other industry and thought it was just nuts. So you specialized in CPA firms and did yeah. like CCH process dumps and CCH and Thompson, any, any you name it. Yeah, I absolutely. QuickBooks for days. Um, I mean, this was before you even had a, the QuickBooks hosting providers and the right networks of the world. I, I mean, we, we were doing all of it and it was all subscription based. So, you know, it was for 275 bucks Charged. per employee. You have a network, you have a help desk, you, you have backups, you have all the security you need. I mean, frankly, I, I, I miss it. It was a great fucking company. Like we, we did some really. So why'd you, why'd you leave? Why'd you, yeah, what happened? Yeah. Um, uh, bad business partner decision. I, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a CPA trend. Uh, yeah. You know, like I, I, I had a business partner who, you know, in the early days when we were building it, we did some really great stuff, but we kind of hit this point where we needed to take it to the next level. And he and I ran into a lot of friction there. So ultimately I decided, you know, it was better for me to lead the company. He bought me out and I, you know, kind of moved on with my career. Unfortunately, it was only took them about nine months from the time I left to run into the ground and um, they, it, it imploded, which, you know, they, they, it was terrible. It, it really sucked and it, it definitely hurt my pride to, to see it go down. But the silver lining, I suppose, was a lot of those clients that I had, they ultimately joined me at the next company I was at temporarily. So it, you know, kind of, kind of came home for a bit. So. With this, because I think a lot of CPA firms deal with a similar issue. Like, you know, you start a partnership with somebody, yeah. Which I always tell people never to do because it never works out well. But <laughs> yeah, well, you started one with me for this podcast, so we'll Terrible see where that idea. ends up. Honestly, the worst idea I've. <laughs> I, I can't believe, believe I did that it at all. <laughs> it's true. I can't it's believe true. I did it. A lot of friction. A lot of friction. <laughs> I did make him Poor spend. I'm like, I'm like, you have to spend all this money in this account before end of year, and he did. So I was we very happy. We made some money. We that. made like twelve thousand dollars. Don't tell people how much money. We, this is the Clockwork AI AD Take Two. Clockwork Take Three, actually. <laughs> take Eight. Let's go. This, this episode voice. of the Sons of CPAs podcast is sponsored by Clockwork, the most refreshing FP&A platform for QuickBooks Online and zero companies. Ackerman with the acronyms. Why do you say FPNA? Can you please? I don't mean, know what it means. it means. Financial planning and analysis. Sounds like now, something a lot I do. Of us accountants. <laughs> sounds like a lot of us accountants hear the words FPNA, and we honestly have no idea. Clockwork makes financial modeling easy. Automatically and within minutes, Clockwork creates custom AI powered by financial projections, cash flow forecasts, dashboards, scenario planning, and one-click driver-based forecasting for near-immediate value. Tasks that used to take days or weeks with other tools take minutes with Clockwork. On top of that, hourly updates out of QuickBooks Online and Zero make sure you never have to manually update another actual again. And we, do Here's we have a special, special offer? offer? Do we yes. have it? Yes, we have a call to action here. Call to action, Here's baby. the special offer from Clockwork AI. You can't you lose. You can't lose. 
go to Clockwork AI. They have some new branding. It's fresh. They got some purple in there too. I love the colors. Start a free you're a, trial. You're a bland, branding guru. Like your colors, branding. I love it. Colors, numbers, and sometimes letters. Start a free <laughs> trial. And if it takes longer than five minutes to get your automatic forecasts, they'll give you a hundred bucks. That is a Benjamin from Clockwork. Or 8.7 million rubles. <laughs> That's Clockwork AI. Clockwork.ai. Check out the website. I actually, I do love their branding. Clockwork. I think that Clockwork. I'm going to put a watch on the anatomy of a firm and have the watch represent Clockwork. Ackerman signing off. <laughs> Clockwork, baby. If you were to do it all over again, the partnership, what would you do differently? So first of all, and I got this advice from many people, and of course, you, you never follow it. But when you're setting up in the early days, when everybody's happy and in a love fest with each other, that is the best time to plan a, a breakup. And, you know, everybody gives you that advice, like plan, like build it into your, your agreement and yada, yada, yada. And you just never do it. You're busy. You're too excited to get to the next step. So. I well, you also think that'll never happen. Oh, We're getting well, along so well. Right. Why would we ever right. want to break up? It was just like, like my first marriage, sugar right? Like it was perfect. Yeah. So that that would be number one. Like just just playing for the what if when everybody's happy because it's a lot easier to agree on things and it's a lot less turbulent on your team and your employees and everybody else when, when things are already figured out. Number two, I to your point, I would actually reevaluate even going into a partnership. I, I think, you know, knowing what I know and what I've seen, I, I think I would have reevaluated maybe how we would have structured it or how we would have approached it just because, you know, I, I put myself in a position where if the two of us couldn't agree, it was a stalemate and it just, you know, that, that was a big issue. So to your point, like, I, I mean, frankly, I don't know if I'd ever be in a like true partnership ever again, just given the experience that, that you know, kind of went through. There's a, I love it. Know, the, Super it's, sunny. It's, <laughs> visions. It's always sunny in Maryland. Yeah. It's always sunny in Maryland. Just realistic. But it is That's true. A, I mean, you do, and uh, so many CPA firms and clients, like they don't do an operating agreement to start, which they should absolutely do in case something, yeah. not, not only if you have a disagreement, but if someone dies, if, you know, you want to make sure that everything's agreed upon yep. up front. Yep. And yeah, you have to, and you have to go like, you're not the boss, like you are the boss, but there's two of you. And like, there's a lot of give and take. And if you're not ready for that, it can be bad. Yep. Absolutely. Well, there's also a lot of small minded individuals, a lot of individuals who are about me, 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 and they don't want to give in to anything. Yeah. And I think that hurts a lot of partnerships. Um, are you talking about yourself? Away, obviously. <laughs> obviously. I always am talking about myself in one way or another because that's what I like, right? That's, that's why I do this, to talk about myself in one way or another. I got the title for this episode. It's Always Sunny in Maryland. Featuring Byron Thatcher. It's awesome. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, lovely. So so then you went to go work at how'd you get to Botkeeper? Tell us how you got there. Uh, yeah. So a uh, longtime friend of mine, Jody Paydor, had met uh, Enrico. And shout out to Jody and Enrico. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Enrico, Jody's full time uh, at Botkeeper now, too, right? 
So um, Jody has Jody's going through through a little bit of a shift. I don't know if she's publicly announced it. So I'll I'll by the time we release this, it yeah, probably this is have going to release in May. Yeah. So it's so, fine. but it's 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 very good terms. She had some some great opportunity. She actually sold her firm to Botkeeper and joined. But you know, she had met everybody, got super psyched, and you know, she was like. She knew I was kind of on the prowl for something that I thought could be really impactful to the industry. You know, I had had other opportunities that uh, ultimately never panned out just because I, I didn't think they really were going to have the impact that, you know, I, I want to have in the profession. And, you know, she, she found Bot Keeper and she called me up and she's like, you got to meet these guys. So um, met them at QB Connect in 2018, which was right when they landed their Series A. And, uh, you know, kind of pout around and, you know, kept in touch. And ultimately, March of 2019, joined the team. So I'm going on three years now. It's been a hell of a ride. It's fast paced. It moves quick. And, uh, you know, we're, we're you definitely pivoted quite a few times since you've been there, right? Like yeah. I mean, when I first got here, we were just starting to kind of beta test an accounting firm offering, but our primary business was direct to consumer. And when I landed, I was all about the accounting firm. I mean, that's, that's where my roots are. And so immediately started beating the drum. The organization as a whole saw the opportunity. We started to have some success with accounting firms. And ultimately, we made the strategic decision to partner with accounting firms as opposed to competing and really get rid of the, the direct-to-consumer side of the business and, and stick with accounting firms. And I mean, I, I think it's probably one of the greatest decisions we ever could have made. Yeah, it's a, I, I think it was a genius move because you guys have you know, significantly scaled up and redefined yourselves yeah. within that whole. It's been fun. And I think you're probably a big part of that, you know, like you're a big part of that because that's what you did at your IT firm yep. too. You know, like that was your industry vertical. You know, the audience, Yep, you are the audience, right? All the above. Yes, sir. Uh, absolutely. So it's, it's been fun. I, I think uh, I landed in the right place. So I always talk about the future in this episode. I'm, I'm a, I'm a self-proclaimed futurist. I like it. And I think Botkeeper is, has also been a futurist, so to speak, and the future of bookkeeping, the future of what things should look like. Care to elaborate? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> we, what a question. I, it's actually been really interesting, especially as I sit here and I have conversations with our, our head of product and our head of engineering. And they're, they're challenging some of the traditional things that we think about in accounting, the, the way that we approach things. If you look at really the day-to-day the -day of accounting, we're doing the same shit for 100 years, over and over. Get a bank statement, enter the ending balance, reconcile it to the bank statement, like do this, do that. And they're, they're challenging, like, isn't there better ways to do it? Like, isn't there, like, can't we accomplish the, the same end game with different approaches? So 
we're regularly looking at what are the opportunities to maybe change the traditional cut the butt off the ham approach that generations have been doing and find a, a new, better way to do it that's a little bit more user-friendly, less heavy lifting and kind of the future of bookkeeping. So they, it's definitely a place where we're trying to figure out like, wait, what can we break and uh, find a new way of doing it, which is a lot of fun to have those conversations. So what's an example of one of those things? Oh, I, I, the bank reconciliation is a great example. I think Zero has already started to try to evolve the bank rec. If the transaction comes in from the bank, it's reconciled. That's a bank transaction. But there's still this dependency that the industry has on bank statements. I, I mean, if you look on Twitter all day long, the, the nightmares, the complaints, it's all because of this like weird addiction to having a friggin' bank statement. A look, piece of paper. A piece of paper. The reality is we can programmatically get the balance. We can pro pro programmatically get the transactions. Why do you need a piece of paper? Other than the fact that your grandma needed a piece of paper when she did bookkeeping, her father needed a piece of paper when he did the bookkeeping. Like it, it's, it's this historical uh, way of bookkeeping that just, I, I really think needs to be put to bed. And you, you think about some other things. I mean, we at Botkeeper, and this is a very, very small percentage of businesses out there, but we have over 5,000 business entities that we support. And if you think about, there are relationships between these businesses. So somebody's AP is also somebody's AR within those businesses. So at some point, can't we begin to marry together these relationships and streamline the AP and the AR between these types of organizations? These are two really simple examples. I, it, one of the challenges that our head of engineering has, he's like, this double entry stuff is bullshit. He's like, it's just a database. Can I just create another database to do accounting and like create financials and everything out of it without this whole double entry accounting process? It challenges <laughs> the hell out of me, but I'm like, you know what? I, I, I can't give you a good reason why not. If you can produce the financials, if you can input the data and produce the financials, I like, I mean, that's too much future talk for me. <laughs> no more double entry. Come on. What are but we going to do I guess there? What's, it's like part of the Rubik's cube, you know, that's right. Like of what, everything that we do. What's holding the technology back? Honestly, people, human adoption of technology and acceptance is really challenging. Going back to the bank statement thing. So, it, you know, we have regular conversations with firms that are like, oh, hell no, we're not going to ask for bank credentials. We, we will <laughs> continue to just share credentials with our clients, chase them for their multi-factor thing. Like we don't want credentials. And I, I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to own credentials to one, provide audit access. So God forbid anything happens in that you're not at the top of the list of potential individual who maybe transferred money out in an unauthorized method or something because you're sharing the owner's login credentials or two, just give your team easy access to be able to log in without the multi-factor authentication challenges. And people are like, nope, that's the way we do our business. We're not going to ask for those credentials. 
Well, I got news for you. Technology like BotKeeper is creating where we can auto-fetch statements, it's not going to work unless you get those credentials. So user adoption. Well, this was the conversation that happened this morning. Like we, we're still to a degree somewhat uncomfortable with scaling out saying that's what we're going to do is just get clients Amex logins their logins and not have to create our instead of giving your social security number in order to and it's mine associated with like 30 clients that now they don't even know how to get access to that and i don't i don't even know what where to start and that's it so and not to make it a commercial for botkeeper but we have a platform (laughs) where you could invite your customer in there and say you know mrs customer enter your bank credentials to authenticate your amex to my banking API connection. And that way nobody needs the credentials and we can just get direct access. But again, that's a lot of firms don't want to introduce that conversation. Well, a lot of them are afraid of the liability that it'll open up. And if you have a third party doing it, like you guys, you guys become the gatekeeper of a person to scapegoat to. Worst thing that can happen for you firm that you don't want to give it to them, point your finger at BotKeeper, they'll take the fall. Yeah, you know, that's fair. Um, but it's all user adoption. That's what I mean. Like not that I I would never make the statement that technology is easy, but compared to user adoption and, and user acceptance of technology, it's the easy part of the equation. Well, especially in the finance industry, accounting industry, like it, maybe not generally finance, but traditionally speaking, we're slow to adopt a lot of things. Um, we're just we're slower. And I think that's, you know, it's marred in inertia, right? Yeah. Money and inertia. Yeah. Inertia, trust. Well, I think the other thing, it just seems like we've got to figure out a way to streamline the banking part, the two factor part, like, cause it's just every, that, that just every time a bank changes something and you got to go, you know, change it a million times in your bookkeeping software. That's not ideal. Relay. But Relay. I, I mean, <laughs> I I, and I fucking love but, Relay. But, like, but mean, you got to get yeah. people to change Relay's relationships. But it's not Sons a... of CPAs powered by Relay. <laughs> Just a plug right there. Yeah, but that's a band-aid. I mean, it's great. But a lot of banking relationships, they're not going to change just for that. So it, that's, that's the challenge. How do we get all the other banks on board? Seems like a very tall task. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's going to be a lot of patience. I think eventually it will get better, but you know, it's going to take a lot of people to be outspoken about it too. Like we're going to have to call Amex and figure this shit out. And I think it's an uphill battle when you're dealing with somebody this big, like an Amex isn't the only example. They're just the one that came up today. Well, and, and they're all going to have conflicting motivations because we, we already see it where the banks are going like, Hey, we've got the data. Why don't we just offer some level of GL? to the, you know, with payroll. Right. So why are we going to make it easy for anybody else to provide those level of services when it's really like from the bank's perspective, it's our data. So why are we going to share it and make it easy? Like it's, I I don't know. I I don't know what the ultimate answer is. It's a hell of a challenge. It really is. And I could be be okay going back to the days when bank connections didn't exist and we, we just had to wait for the statement to show up in the mail <laughs> and actually we're just coding transactions. It, it was easier because the that. expectations were simple. Yeah. Yeah. 
the expectations are set on on both ends though and it's just like where do we right. fit into that if the banks start offering it and, and other platforms just start offering direct to client yeah where do the accountants fit in and they're afraid of that too so damn right i'm i'm, I'm afraid of it to a large degree like what happens when pilot upends us like uber did for taxi drivers right like yeah not to get too far but it's always sunny in maryland i mean you might really want to talk about that shit too <laughs> well and and you know we're seeing that definitely in the smaller businesses these things will continue to creep up to the larger and larger organizations i mean you know i've had conversations with people looking into the future where they're like the idea of bookkeeping may go away at some point in the future if you know you push a button from your bank and something spits out there's going to be something else that replaces it, obviously, but it might just be the mindset when you go into bookkeeping is going to be redefined. Yeah. We're still going to provide some form of support, but a lot sure. of the lifting, heavy lifting is going to be already done. Right. Exactly. And, and I mean, it, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing from, from an accounting perspective. Great. I, I mean, yeah, like I'd rather be. No, you want, you want good account. books. Like everyone, every accountant wants good books timely. Sure. It's just how do we get them? Well, every business owner and accountant, it's, it's going to be our job to facilitate a lot of that right now yeah. and in the future. But we're going to also be the gap or bridge the gap between the data being there and helping translate and it to the client. Means. What do you do with this data? You know, what does this even mean? Like there, there's people involved in every one of these equations and we are those people. So that's yeah. where we can't become irrelevant. Yeah, or, no, I don't think know. we're going to, I don't think any, I mean, I, we spend so much time on like the crappy part, like just getting the books right. Dude. If we could just get the books right and then yeah. spend all the time with the clients, that's, that's the where you make shape. all the money. Right. The that's the diamond shape of a firm. You have less people on the bottom doing a lot of that work. Right. Botkeeper and other services would help help speed us up to get there. But eventually we're just going to get there effortlessly because it's just going to be done for us. Well, that's know? it. Yeah, right. but we're still a long way away from that. Sure. Sure. Like because of the whole banking thing, like if everything was streamlined and you could, if Botkeeper didn't have to worry about credentials all the time, <laughs> then yeah, it would be fantastic. But we're just, when, when are we going to get there? And it just seems like we're not anywhere close. Like we're actually farther away than we were because of this two-factor authentication. Like zero worked way better five years ago when they didn't have the two-factor authentication stuff. Friggin' security. Yeah, well, doesn't that prevent <laughs> fraud? Doesn't that prevent <laughs> hacks? Like, come on, people are going to fucking hack things anyway. No, we're, I think two-factor get... authentication is good. It's just they need to build a, a way for you to get the data how you want it. Yeah, it's Easy. right. I mean, like so, Relay did. Yeah, there, but there's got to be... a. Eventually, somebody's going to come up with a solution to that. Well, I don't think we're going to solve that right now, so let's move on. Giddy up. <laughs> let's move I on. I want to solve it right now. Yeah. <laughs> So Byron was ex chair of uh, Maryland CPAs. He can do it. So, so the diamond talk, right? <laughs> this was, this came up in Brandon, Brandon Poe's episode where he said firms are going to eventually, you know, the future of this mm -hmm. firms are going to be a diamond shape. Right. I I had a TV show when I was at Carolina, and I said that about the food pyramid. I said eventually people are going to stop eating carbs and shit, and they're going to turn it into a food diamond. <laughs> so everything eventually that's a pyramid is going to turn into a diamond that's just floating. I think. Um, <laughs> I'm just working with the shapes because I love numbers, colors, shapes, letters. Like that's just my thing. And, and I love the the theory of it, right? Because the whole idea of the diamond is you take the 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 pyramid and we're we're gonna 
cut off the, the corners because that's the transactional low level grunt work. That's the carbs. Right. And, and then we're going to come with a, a much smaller level of staff needs because of automation and all these magical things that are going to happen. I, it's, I, I mean, I, I think it's awesome. I, I think the, the challenge you have with that being sustainable is how do you get the, the meaty middle? Right. Like right now there's plenty of look, well, I shouldn't say there's plenty, there's more, um, staff level candidates out there than there is your, your mid-level type of talent. So if we evolve to where you have, let's say a small organization, there's only 10 people at that staff level, but you need to sustain 50 at that medium manager level. How do you eventually get there if you're always only have a couple people in that staff level? I, I think ultimately we end up like cannibalizing ourselves if we go too far. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I got to take I mean, a phone call real fast oh, with my wife. You guys are taking a phone call. Or a commercial a break. <laughs> Let's have a commercial break. This is perfect. Does it, does it become a double hit? Or does, does it become it, um, that more educational moment where it kind of kicks you over? Yeah, the epiphany moment. Right. We'll get really meta on this episode, and, and this will be just part of the ad. I'll weave this in and out. Because <laughs> we haven't really explained what it is we, we really do. So I do like to be transparent. We literally got paid to read this. Botkeeper Technology offers an affordable, scalable, accurate, and efficient solution with best-in-class support. It's a lot of descriptors. Botkeeper combines AI, or artificial intelligence, and machine learning, and high-quality, skilled accountants. Interesting. The Botkeeper platform has evolved to better fit the needs of CPAs and accounting firms that are struggling to provide their own clients with essential accounting and advisory services. Firms and their client base will receive 24-7 accounting and support. 24-7? Yeah. What, what about that? Like, do, do we need 24-7? I, li I like to round up to 2510. That's oh, what I tell wow. my clients. 2510, <laughs> 25-8? Unlimited support, timely and accurate financials, seamless integration. Botkeeper learns subtle nuances of client business and continuously improves over time. They, it is made for CPA firms now. I mean, it, it was made directly for clients. They switched over and they don't do direct to client work anymore. They Got just work with CPA firms. So I feel like that is an improvement in and of itself. And it's gonna continue just like artificial intelligence is and just like machine learning. They have a shorter feedback loop on what accountant, accounting firms like. So they can continue to get better for us accounting firms. Why don't you integrate, automate, sync, and transform your bookkeeping and pre-accounting tasks with Botkeeper today. Visit botkeeper.com for more information. And mention Sons of CPAs. Yeah, just yell it out. Yell it out. Scream it from the rooftops. Visit botkeeper.com for more information. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it now. That's what they were just talking about. So planning the breakup. Yeah. I, I, we should get Ackman involved in this, but does Botkeeper have a plan for the, an eventual exit? Uh -huh. Is there one? Is that taboo to talk about, or is it something that we can discuss? You know. Well, I, I mean, we can certainly discuss it. Obviously, being a venture backed, the, there's clearly conversations mm -hmm. in a, around that. So um, we, we, we can certainly. Like 
Like, does it become zero powered by bot keeper, right? Or bot keeper by zero? I got to, I unfortunately have to go to the hospital now. Oh, shit. um, I hope all is well, man. I will be back. Me too. So you guys continue. I love you, man. Good luck, man. Thank you. you. Good luck. So let's theorize on that. I've done this before. Ackerman has had to dip out and I don't have a life. I live in my basement. <laughs> I don't have an office to go to. I don't have I have kids, but they're not in the hospital. So yeah, knock on wood. I, I get it. This is my basement. Um, my dungeon. Yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't call it a dungeon, but I kind of like that. I, like for for this episode, for it's always sunny in Maryland. There's a dungeon today. Yeah. <laughs> but, so where 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 does Botkeeper go in the future? Let's say it's a venture back, right? Where are your thoughts, like as an employee, what are your hopes and dreams? So first and foremost, and it, it'll sound holistic, I guess, or, or whatever. I mean, I, I came here sure. to have impact. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about the, the future of things, and I hope that we can achieve true impact. I don't want to be one of these like scenarios where there's a technology that just gets acquired and evaporates from the world. That is certainly not a desirable outcome from my perspective. There's obviously a lot of goals to move quickly, move fast, iterate, and, you know, whether it ultimately lands in in acquisition. I mean, you look at bill.com and Expensify, they've done it. They've IPO'd, they're publicly traded and- and Only a matter of time before Expensify has a GL. That's a, that's a, (laughs) that's another- um, conversation later but like it's only a matter of time before they start to do that and it makes sense it's going to make everything better zero it you said this you touched on this earlier zero changed the way i think of a bank wreck and so when you're having that conversation i relate to it better because we never really needed the bank statement i said we've got this we've got the transaction on the login we've got it in zero we can see it in both places what else is a statement going to do at the end of the month we've got the balance in the bank account and in zero right you know we're what else do we need to reconcile here? Yep. We're comparing the balance in there tomorrow to what it is today yep. or what it was two days ago to what it says two days ago in the bank. Like it's this, I don't know. Yeah. It's so, yeah, you know, the, the more tools you have that are challenging these things and introducing different ways of approaching it, I I'm all for it. I, I love it. You know, you're an industry rat, you yeah. know, you, you like to see this innovation. Dude, bring it. I, I I've seen a lot come a lot go and you know, it, it's man, the last 20 years has been one hell of a ride. So it, it, it makes it exciting. How about this relevant news, right? What do you think of what Flowcast is doing as a company and, and everything? your honest opinion um they are addressing a need especially for large organizations accounting departments to organize what we know is a a major challenge the larger you get it's is that month-end close process so i think what they're doing as an organization i i I think is great it's you know, oh, I'm I'm insinuating the entertainment aspect of it. That studio, that's where my head's at. Yeah, so Flowcast Studio, first of which all, is, a, is I can't wait for it. I mean, I, I watched the trailer I and I laughed it. my ass off through the whole thing. Like it, it's yeah, you know, and I I mean, look, will it have the the revenue or marketing impact that I'm sure they're they're hoping? I have no freaking idea. 
but I'm I'm gonna. You know, I'll be honest. I don't think they're through. hoping. Honestly, I think that this is an investment, and in, on the upfront, right? Yeah. Like they're they're probably expecting to lose money on it, but that they eventually tack on. Okay, they become the studio for others to do shit like this too, and it's not just about Flowcast, but it is because it's Flowcast Studio, it, you know. So. I, I see a long game in this. If they're spending that much money having like Danny Trejo and people from the office on there and good <laughs> right. production, yeah. I think it's going to be great. I think it's also going to be great for the industry to have an entertainment arm yeah. that's made for us that could have mass appeal too. That's true. You know, it's that's fair. They're, you know, they don't, they're not answering to a network. They're yep. not answering to focus groups. They're answering to themselves. Yep. People have talent. People know what's good. So I think that eventually... The yeah. cream rises anyway so i'm so excited about i like that. it that's just yeah i i mean is it? i i think that'd be great and if it stimulates more content and like i i love it i, I think don't we want more content like that's that's why i do this like I've, <laughs> that's that's exactly why i do this we need some more good content that's real right like yeah, that's that's true yeah it's not just people talking down like we're having a conversation too and that's that's this i'm not talking not to get too meta yeah but like let's let's scope back out and it's you know continuing the conversation about the future about tech and seeing where people's heads are at too because it's not just what we're reading in the news it's not just what the apps are dictating to us as firm owners or as partners but it's it's what you know where's the the ear to the streets, right? Like, what are the right? Went <laughs> to the street, and that's Twitter, man. I, I honestly, I'm going to say I love it. Like, I've I've rebelled against it. I've I've stayed away, but man, I'm going to dive in head first because I don't understand it though. Too like, I don't understand what followers mean. If it's like, what is all of this happening? And I don't even know how to use it for the most part. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you know what? And I think that's the thing. And I've I've preached this going back just forever i can remember the early days of like doing presentations with tom like why you should be on twitter and i've maintained like do it for purely selfish purposes like go on there to get content from kind of like a group of people that that you trust to create content and share it and it you know you get people on there who are like so worried about followers and they're like i have to now go follow 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 a hundred thousand people. Oh my like, god! Yeah, forget it. I like I said, I've been on there probably fifteen years. I think I follow like no more than three hundred people total. Yeah, I don't even have three hundred followers. <laughs> like I think I've that's but that's that's what it took me. Like, but I also get consumed by things too, and that's right. a big pit to fall into. If you get consumed by that, you might not come out. So I had to have the right mindset going into it. Like I can't let the that stuff even um dictate you know my decisions to that that it's a personal dilemma with social media with me yeah like i don't go on facebook i go on linkedin because i've just fuck around on there too yeah i i mean i i'm with you there i in fact you know one of the things i'm trying to intentionally do this year is reduce i i would say the, the amount of social media consumption that I, I do have. Ah, balance. Yeah. <laughs> your tweet. Balance. Your balance. I had a tweet. Yeah. I was dying. I shared this that is, with my so, kids. So, but that's, you, can, you can relate that to social media, right? Like okay. this is the year that I'm probably going to want to go all in right. and I'm going to spend more time on Twitter yep. 
and then, then next year, year I'm probably going to say, pull back. I can't do this shit anymore. That's yeah. right. I don't need some balance. And that's it. And, and that like, I, I just, it, for me, it's the year of intention. Like, I just want to be intentional with everything I do. I think about like the last two years and I felt like you couldn't really be intentional. At least I couldn't, I, I was spending so much time just reacting to so much shit. Yeah. And yeah. like this year I'm like, fuck that noise. I'm going to just be intentional. Social media consumption. I'd like, I'm going to put it away as much as I can. So here's what, here's what my suggestion to you is. Cause I think I have all the tools ready to find balance before I get too consumed. I don't have any alerts. Oh yeah. I, I do have the no app on there, but I have no bubbles. Yeah. No yep. notifications for anything. And I miss a lot of phone calls because of that, but I don't get notified from anything. So I had to separate myself from my phone first before I can intentionally yep. dive back in. And that's kind of what I did. I had to figure out what was real, what wasn't, what I really needed or what I felt like I needed to access. Yep. So without the alerts, it becomes very intentional, but then you have to be more organized because right. you're not getting pulled into something that you may forget about for a few days yeah. and then have to go back in and find out, oh fuck, I got a hundred emails in here. I got to respond to all of these and I got to do so. You know, that's, it's true. And I, so I still, I think we talked about this. I still get emails and text, but I get no email notifications. I get no app notifications. I disabled like the Facebook app. Like I only use it on the browser. That's good. Yeah. You know, and it's. Yeah. Yeah. Delete the app if you don't really need it and go on the browser. Right. And then you have much more control. You do. And the browser has less feature functionality. So you're kind of like castrated in a sense for how you can even use it. <laughs> and so it, it's. I've noticed that with Twitter too. Like the browser sometimes has more with Twitter or it's. it's <laughs> right. It's easier. It's like easier. You can do. It is. Yeah. You can do different things. Like you can do bullets and, and different things like that on the browser. You can't really do that on the. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it's true. But I, I'm with you there. Like I, I think there's a lot of stuff that you can intentionally do there to really take back control over where you're spending time and, and effort. And it, it just, it can become a black hole so quickly. Yeah. Well, but it can also be a beautiful sunshine, right? Yeah. It's always oh, sunny on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. It could be. That, it it know, can if, be. If you take the oh, right yeah. outlook and not, yeah. I don't mean that in a sarcastic way or, yeah. you know, in a, in a, like, I, I think that it, you know, you can go in there and see all the good or you can see all the bad. And the one thing that Twitter does, and I think this is partly marketing, a lot of them do this is they don't have a thumbs down. It's right. always just a heart. Yep. And I think that's beautiful. But it's also probably addictive too. Like, you know, if you're surrounded by positive affirmation, then it becomes another dopamine hit. Yep. Like a, the brainstem type stuff. Yep. But also, you know, on the flip side, you're not seeing all the negative. Like somebody who doesn't like something, they're just not going to like it. Right. You know, <laughs> like they're not going to say how much they hate it in the most, for most cases, people are generally nice. Yeah. Well, um, and, and I mean, I had a conversation with my oldest daughter and my kids are older, 19 and 22. So, you know, just for perspective, but like two years ago, I was talking to her because, you know, she was on Twitter all the time and she was like, oh my God, like everybody there is just stupid. Like, it's just dumb. They're stupid. And I'm like, <laughs> well, what are you doing on there? You're engaging with that level of content. So Twitter's going to keep throwing these like yeah. dumb people in front of your eyeballs because that's what you're engaging with. Quit clicking on that shit and just keep scrolling. Like the stuff that you like and you can control that content so it doesn't like jack up your perception of reality because it oh, can work. And it. it very much does. And yeah. it, it, you know, 
it is a double edged sword. You know, you are what you pay attention to. And if you pay that's attention right. to pay attention to something, it gives back to you if you give to it. And I think that's a it's a very powerful part of the conversation yep. that I've I've been avoiding. So I'm 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 talking about it a Glad lot because that, I don't want to let it consume me. It's <laughs> yeah, so. good. I talk about shit way too much. That's what Liz said to me. She said Twitter is a good place for that. Liz was cheering me on from the beginning of last year saying you should be on Twitter. Like that's a manifestation of like people in real life too. You know, sure. like the people that you want to be around in real life are the ones you're going to want to be around in, in Twitter too. And then you can find like-minded people that are. And, and you build these relationships with people that you, you possibly never even met in person or never would have met otherwise. I mean, yeah. I, I, so then when you meet them in person, it's no different. Yeah. It's cool, man. It's definitely cool. All in moderation. It's a, you know, again, this digital world mixing with the reality, like it becomes a 3D conversation. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, you'll see themes, right? Like it's some of the conversations. I mean, just today, like we, us talking about the bank feeds, you know, like there's, you'll see these themes and there's all these, like what you would think silos of people and organizations and companies mm -hmm. fighting what appear to be individual battles. But, you know, when you get into these public forums, you realize that there's a lot of the same battles being fought simultaneously. Yeah, when you scope out, it's a different manifestation. Yeah, it's a bigger perspective of the same conversation. Sure. Yeah. You know, and then and as you pay attention to something more, you start seeing it in a lot of different places, too. So the more you talk about bank feeds and the more you talk about that, it's going to show up more. Not in some cases because that's what you're looking for, but yeah. in some cases it's just you know, you're paying attention to it, yeah, but, but you know how people say that, like, oh, oh man, yeah. I just said this out loud. And then it auto filled in my, my Google, like right. some cases they might be listening, but in other cases, it's just, if I asked a question out loud yep. and then I said, what was this person in? And I start typing it up and it all of a sudden auto fills most of that. Yeah. Is it because I thought it and it listened or because a lot of people are asking that same thing? Well, right? and, and, and there's so many data points that are being consumed from everything that we're doing that, you know, they're, they're creating ability to create these relationships. I mean, it, it's, it's bonkers. Have you seen the don't look up yet? I, yes. <laughs> yes. I just watched it this weekend. Oh, that was great. Oh God. I love that. That was a, so that's a perfect example right. of like, I, I'm using that as a metaphor for like, you know, the political atmosphere that we have going on and looking down at our cell phones. We're always oh. looking down at the digital. We're not looking up at each other. They can predict like, how oh, you're going to die. <laughs> brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Like that was a great movie. DiCaprio was perfect in there. Jennifer Lawrence, she was great. So good. Oh, Meryl Streep. She, oh, oh yeah. 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 Any listener, yeah. Check that one out. That's a good Netflix or, or Hulu. Or I, I think it was Netflix. Something. Yeah. But just that, yeah. And that's what I love about entertainment now too, is you start, you know, seeing things and you can pay attention to what you want and the people that you like, you know, whatever you like and you pay attention to, you're going to get more of that too. Yeah. Like they, they've got all the data. Netflix has all the data of what we really like. Not at all. There's a comic that I read called Saga. I don't know if you've heard of this. Yeah. You might really like it. It's sort of like a Star Wars Game of Thrones hybrid story type, mm -hmm. but it's it takes place in the you know galaxies far away, but has a really human element to it with a lot of different characters. That, that's a great name too, Saga. Oh like yeah, I think that's a. I like it. In itself, I don't know how that relates to this conversation, but I'm <laughs> suggesting it to you. So. I'll check it out. If we're if I were to ask you, where do you like? Do you have any big ideas for where the industry is going? If we were to sum up what we have been talking about. Hmm. Interesting. I, I think 
an exciting but weird time. The conversations of the the CPA license, and there's conversations of other competing credentials. And the profession, I think, is in this kind of inflection point where there's there's going to be a lot of decisions made in the next couple of years that I believe is really going to dictate where our profession goes. And it's not all just about the accounting. Frankly, like I, I, I think the way we think about accounting in the next decade is going to dynamically change. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that earlier, but I, I think just, you know, the, the things that, that in a sense, accounting as we know it today, I think will effectively go away in some manner and the the next best thing is going to show itself up i you know we talk a lot in the industry about like this idea of advisory but i think it even advisory is only like the beginning of the conversation i i think there's there's some sort of i don't want to say financial literacy but there there's going to be something where accountants are going to take it to this next level that maybe we haven't yet figured out exactly what that is, which sounds. Yeah. Do we standardize what financial literacy is, you know, and maybe accounting as we know it today, today, right. You You said that accounting and then in parentheses, as we know it today, Yeah. because this accounting as we know it today could be flipped upside down or could take different uh, veins. And at its core, what we do, probably won't change. I know Ed Mendelowitz, um, he mm. says this a lot. It's the same wine in a different bottle. I don't know if he uses that phrase, but a lot of the things that we proclaim to be very new are things that a lot of us and the industry has been doing yeah, for right. a long time. Yep. There's just others that are blind to that and they don't see it. And then they're reclaiming it as something else, but really it's effectively the yeah. same thing. Just putting a, a, a bow on it calling it something yeah it's but that's a good thing though i think it makes it more palatable like Cass. yeah Cass is now more palatable to many others and i don't even know what the acronym means because it's always something different is it cloud is it client is it cloud advisory services is it cloud accounting services is it client accounting services it's just a fucking acronym (laughs) it's you know it's true it's all over the place and and it it really has it got two a's or one a like i've seen it both ways yep I, it, it, it's true, but I, I mean, and that's the thing, like there's so many professionals out there who have been doing this since the beginning of their career for decades. It just didn't have like really a title or a thing around it. It's, and then it packages, it productizes it. So like right. what, what Gusto is doing with people advisory, people advisory, they're, what they're doing is they're packaging it mm-hmm. with a title, a way for firms to take something yeah. that they may not have been clearly making money on, but a lot of firms are already doing, Correct. packaging it initially to show a potential client, this is the service offering, this is the title, yeah. you know, and this is what we're calling it, people advisory. And we're going to do this for you. And maybe we are already doing it with some clients, yeah. but in the future, we can make some money on it. So yeah. I think it's it's also helping, all of it's helping. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. a cynic and I'm not, I'm not going to say any of this stuff is bad. Ackerman, like, you know, just... He, he loves to think he's an optimist, but he's a fucking pessimist to, to, to the, at the core. Always. He acts like an optimist and he's an 
absolute pessimist. He doesn't want uh, machines doing his tax returns. Right. He doesn't want that stuff to be automated because he wants to be able to, he, he wants to be relevant. Right. right. And I think we've got to work with the machines. We've got to all work together. Uh, and um, not to keep the episode going, but I do have a funny story about that, that I got to share. So cool. I don't know if you've seen, there's all these like, so there's RoboVax, but have you seen like the robo lawnmowers? So yes, yes, yes. In my neighborhood. Dude. And I, wow, oh I was God, like, I, Fuck, I wish I right. had this. Dude. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> yes. And I, so I've got a guy who young guy, he's got a landscaping business. He comes, mows the property. It's the best. I mean, we have four acres, so it, it takes time. It, it takes him like no time at all. So it's money well spent. I saw, I saw a recent new version of these smart wall mowers. And yeah. so, so I send it to him and like young guy, he, he can't be 30 years old. So I send him a text and I'm like, yo, hit up this link and check it out. Give me a call. Cause I have an idea. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm, you're going to yeah. buy a bunch of them. You're going to put them on subscription. You're just going to install gonna send- them at your client. Dude, sell curb appeal, yes. sell the curb well, appeal. And, and you'll come around like once a month and you'll do maintenance on it, maybe trim up the spots it gets. And so he looks at it and he replies back to me and he goes, I just want to crush all of these robots with my truck before they take my job. And I'm like, yeah, or you can industry. call me yeah. and you can embrace can them figure something out. Yeah. and figure this out. And he comes back and he's like, I just want to be like John Connor and go back in time and destroy AI. And I was like, or you could embrace yeah. it. You're what it's, you are, what you pay attention to. Like if that's what you saw and that's what you come, like if that's the, it, so that's, that's a great way to tie it all together too, because everybody sees it in their own perspective and you can see it as an opportunity to work with it and make it better, which is, you know, to, to be fair, I think that's how you are. That's how I am. Yeah. Like the way I saw zero was that's just a benefit to us. We can augment that. Like it, right. any AI is going to help, or you can see it as they took our jobs, you know, and that's how a lot of people are. And it's like protecting what you already have, that, right. And like, a, versus what you potentially could have. It, it's killing um, me because this guy, I'm like, he's 30 years old. But a lot of people don't want to change too. You don't want to learn something new and do everything differently. Like I, I can, I can get it. Like this guy. Is probably doing a lot of things that somebody years ago would have said, why would you do it that way? Like, that's crazy. That's true. You know, you right. should never use this tool. It's going to take us out of business. <laughs> what, like we used to, we used to make a ton of money charging to, to cut hedges with our, with our, um, <laughs> why, you know, like our, with our hands. <laughs> yeah. We used to charge hourly to do that shit. You know, like we, we, it'll take us two hours to do your house. We charge that much. And now, oh my God, you're going to do it in 20 minutes? Right. No. Yeah, you can't charge You sell the curb appeal. Yeah. That's it. So you sell, and that's that's how it relates to our services though, is you sell, you know, what the, what's the outcome? What's the intended outcome of this service that this client thinks they're coming to us because they need somebody to reconcile a bank account or they need somebody to replace what their bookkeeper was doing? What do they really want? You know, like. Yep. Yep. This is why I can't get out of sales. I've been complaining all year that I'm going <laughs> to get out of sales. I love it. Like I, I actually like the sales process because it's human interaction too. Like yeah. I love meeting new people and, yeah. and I'm a social butterfly. And I think that sales is just another continuing conversation. We're having Byron back. We've got an announcement here. The higher, the highest bidder 
has uh, purchased the player from the botkeeper team. What did botkeeper get for that trade? Ah, they, they, they got less noise. They got screwed <laughs> out of that. They lost Jody and now they lost uh, Byron. Oh man, they got a, they got they need some talent now. They need to go um, talent surfing. But this isn't about botkeeper, right? This is about uh, Byron field guide. What what would you care to share? Oh man, um, you know it, it's I I feel like I I actually ended up at home, which is kind of crazy to even think that Audit Software would be home for me. But um, home for I, now. When the Lakers want to buy you after this, right? Into it, into it buys you after this. LeByron James. So, no bad blood, like no. your old team. You still might go back to Cleveland one day. You still might go back to. Uh, still might go back. Not Cleveland, Boston, right? Or where? Where are they? Um, they I mean, you're Boston. in Maryland, but yeah, they're yeah. Boston. They're, yeah. they're in Boston. Yep. The Celtics. Um, there has been some players in this audit space for a long time. It, it's just become like some old furniture that uh, somebody else needs to replace. And Phil Guy got me excited about the prospect of them replacing it. So um, figure cool. what the fuck, man. Let, let's let's do something fresh. So yeah. what is when you say auditors? What's your role now? Yeah. And what are you what are you gonna do at this at this field guide? Yeah, so my role is uh, I'm wearing two hats: post sales. So I, I'm helping build out the post sales team, so customer success, customer support, you know, all, all the the fun and exciting stuff that happens after you become a customer. And the second hat is operations. So, you know, supporting our CEO to ensure the the back of the house is keeping up with the front of the house. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so you're, yeah. you're home. Did anybody else move there? Are you working with anybody you've worked with before? Yeah, so actually one of our VPs of sales from BotKeeper, Mark Mompon, joined Field Guide a couple weeks before I did. In fact, we didn't even know that we were uh, talking simultaneously to the CEO. Uh, <laughs> Do you think the CEO sought you guys out because Botkeeper was doing something right? Does he want to model what Botkeeper was doing? Yes, very much I think so. Botkeeper is doing a yep. lot of the right things. And maybe they oh, yeah. got what they could yep. out of you guys. And they are, you know, maybe Botkeeper is going to run with it now. But I, I kind of tend to agree that if, you know, if you want to attract the right talent, then find the people that are on the inside, right? Um, yeah, so. no, no doubt. And um, Jen, the CEO of Field Guide, he reached out to me over a year ago now, basically just new to the accounting software space and looking to to learn from the organizations that are doing good things. So, so yeah, there there was a lot of attraction there based on uh, you know what we were doing at Botkeeper, and it just kind of blossomed into a relationship that so if you guy can have a, a cool now cool kid culture like botkeeper did <laughs> we're gonna try i i i don't know in enrico uh, the the leader of the cool kid culture there at uh botkeeper it, it's it's hard to keep up with the ceo that's ready to jump off buildings um and have a good time base but, jump hey, uh, yeah, we, we, we're well. We did the the controlled jump off uh, the stratosphere in Vegas in June. Um, really? The, yeah, yeah. That was part of the botkeeper party. Um, oh. engaged. Wait a second. Did I miss that? 
Yeah, you, oh you, shit! You may have. Yeah. Oh wow, that sounds dope. Yeah, that. I mean, I was. I had a lot of fun at Engage. I didn't. I. I missed the botkeeper party. Um, yeah, that was cool. at the Stratosphere. So uh, oh, is it, cool, you know, cool, cool. it's. Uh, but it, we got some cool kids, and we're gonna build up the team and have a good time. So awesome. Hey, so we'll end it with this. Do you consider yourself lucky, and why? So, I consider myself fortunate. I am not a huge believer in luck. I think we make decisions that puts us in positions to gain opportunities. And I consider myself fortunate enough to have made some what I think are good decisions that have put me in great situations to take advantage of opportunities that have come my way. So it might be a bit of a cop out. You're a fortunate son. A fortunate son. <laughs> That's that's actually even even better title of this episode. Fuck, fuck. It's always sunny in Maryland. You're a fortunate son. Sons of CPAs, and that's a song though too. Like, who is that? That's a CCR. Awesome. Yeah. I'm well, yeah. yeah just maybe this will be at the post episode at the end. I'm not sure how I'll play it, but yeah. 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 Awesome. All right, buddy. Cool, See brother. You.